ಓಮ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಸುಮಿರಂಜನ ಶಲಾಕಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ ಮೀನಿತಂ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ which is to be included in my uh, upcoming book on Vaishnava behavior. The underlying theme of that book is a conscientiousness in Krishna consciousness, understanding that everything in Krishna consciousness should be done uh, for the pleasure of Krishna as given to us by Guru Sadhavan Shastra. So uh, this point of deity worship, um, it should be taken very seriously. My general observation is that uh, it's, it's not taken, in, in many places, not taken seriously enough. It, it seems that uh, in many cases, it, deity worship is taken up as a kind of... Kind of uh, sentiment or something like that, like playing with dolls. The, uh, the actual standard for, for, for deity worship is that one should be initiated. Uh, one should worship deities, should be initiated. Specifically, uh, mantra diksha, that's what we call brahminical initiation. Um, Reasons for that are as follows. One reason is that uh, in deity worship, certain mantras are to be recited, which are, are only allowed to be recited by Brahminical initiated persons. It's also expected that uh, Brahmins, they uh, have very high standards of purity and cleanliness that are essential in deity worship. And they also have knowledge of what they're doing. That means not only knowledge of procedures, but they have sambandha gyan, or knowledge of our relationship with Krishna. So they don't think that the deities are simply some, uh, some dolls to be played with. Um, Prabhupada set up, he had very strict standards for deity worship, which to a large extent uh, uh, just not being followed nowadays in the name of time, place and circumstance or whatever. This time, place and circumstance is, is cited so often as an excuse to, to avoid serving Krishna properly. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, we want that there should be deity worship in every home. <coughs> But we don't want the deity neglect to be present in any home. Mm. Prabhupada was very concerned about this. Prabhupada stated once on a morning walk that it is my anxiety that in my absence, that means after Prabhupada's departure, you may neglect deity worship. Then the whole thing will be spoiled, Prabhupada said. Unfortunately, in, in, uh, in many cases, Srila Prabhupada's premonition has come true. And standards of deity worship are, are often considerably lower than those that uh, Prabhupada instituted. Now, uh, one important point is that standards for deity worship at home and in established temples 
Uh, they, they may be considerably different. In established temples, it must be very high standard. Now, that doesn't mean that home worship should be neglectful, but it just means that there are certain uh, very there are certain standards which need not be the same as in established temples. There may it may not be required that there be so many arities, but certainly even at home there must be arity. Actually, it should be at least twice a day. Otherwise, why why call deities if we're not going to why have deities in our home if we're not going to worship them properly, at least to a minimal standard? So uh, dresses must be changed regularly. In, in a house where deities are being worshipped, no one should eat anything except deity prasada. And deities should not be neglected. That means that you don't, it's not that you have the, the deities in one room and in the next room you're sitting there watching TV. If, the, if you have deities in your home, then everything should be centered on the deity. Um, it's not 100% necessary to have deities in the home if one cannot come up to a, a minimal standard. Otherwise, the Yuga Dharma is chanting the holy names. So that may go on uh, with full effect even without deity worship. Of course, the deity and the holy name are non-different. But uh, in, in the deity form, the Lord requires to be served in, a, in, a, in certain ways. If we invite the Lord to our home, then we have to be prepared to serve Him in various ways. Just like if you invite a guest to your home, you don't just you have to look after him; you just can't neglect him. So, what about what to speak of uh, calling the Supreme Lord? So, if we are to have, if we are to worship deities, then we we have to be prepared to undertake some. We have to be prepared to make the sacrifice and. Some, there may be some difficulties required to serve him. De- the, the deities, they are the persons, the Supreme Lord, person. So we have to serve them according to their need, not according to our whims. So performing deity worship means we have to take some, we have to perform activities daily in the, in the service of the Lord, and persons who are not prepared to do that, they shouldn't undertake to do so. In all cases, the attitude should be how to serve the Lord to the best of our ability. Now, one very important point is that um, one has to have blessings from one's guru to undertake deity worship. If one is uh, awarded Brahminical initiation, that is in and of itself uh, just like a, a, a license for worshiping deities. Authorization. Uh, but nevertheless, if one is to undertake personal deity worship, then he should still take permission from a guru. There are many factors to be considered. If, for instance, in the home, uh, there are, one is living with non-devotees, who may be offensive, or who may make all kind of, you know, play music loudly, or something like that. It's better not to call deities into that situation. Now, uh, one has to consider if, if, if there's only one worshipper and that person becomes sick, then the, 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 who will continue? Who will do the deity worship? Once started, deity worship should not stop under any circumstances. 
That means that if one morning you wake up and you can't move, you're just, you're just so sick all of a sudden, which happened, I mean, at least it happens to me probably a few times a year like that. There has to be someone else present who can continue the worship. Not that it can just stop for two or three days until they get better. Now one has to see if one has a stable situation also. This, uh, this may not apply so much in Russia, but in, in countries like India and America, people are working so hard, they hardly have time for, uh, for, for even for regular sadhana, what to speak of extra deity worship. So if one doesn't have time even to, pro if one is harassed for time even to properly hear and chant basic uh, minimum, then uh, why take up deity worship? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. So there are many factors to be considered. So many times devotees, they, they take up deity worship and after some time they stop or they don't look after the deities properly, they neglect them, and then they give the deity to someone else, as if the deity was just some kind of toy to be passed around. That uh, once one takes up deity worship, he, there's no question of giving the deity to someone else, unless one is uh, very old and then cannot continue, then he may give to sons or disciples to continue. But otherwise, if one is in good health and he, he starts deity worship and gives to someone else, that's very offensive. It's calling the Lord and, oh, now I don't want you anymore, go away. Sometimes you already say, well, someone gave me the deities, but, but you shouldn't accept. You should. If someone says, you take the deity, you have to say, well, I have to take permission from my spiritual master. Similarly, people tell me, well, I, I bought some deities. You cannot buy deities. It's not like you go to the bazaar and buy a, a block of soap. I bought these deities, very cheap. God, you cannot buy God. And that uh, if one is to uh, acquire deities through the method of purchase, first one should take permission from Guru and then very, and then pray to the Lord that you, you please uh, Manifest in a form that I may serve you. That is before? Yes, before purchasing. Cell phones afterwards. It's not like you see, not like you just go to some festival and you see the, and you see there's some deities on sale and you think, oh, how nice, and then you buy that. Let's <coughs> be very carefully considered. Now, we have heard that Srila Prabhupada wanted uh, Garnitai deities to be given out liberally to even to non-devotees. Да, мы слышали, то есть иногда говорят, что Шила Пропада хотел, чтобы большинство гаунитаев раздавали даже материалистам, обычным людям. To be given out free? Liberally, liberally. Yeah. Not free, but liberally. Yeah. And sometimes devotees take this to mean, well, then we can just, and then there's no standard for Gaunitai worship. That's not exactly the correct understanding. Prabhupada expressed that, although he didn't press it like his book distribution, but he expressed that such a Gontai distribution could be done. But the idea was that uh, 
that such persons they would gradually become devotees by by the devotees would guide them how to gradually take up the worship. That doesn't mean that devotees who are supposed to be in knowledge of Krishna consciousness should treat Gornitai like dogs. Um, Gornitai are very merciful. But that doesn't mean that they're very merciful doesn't mean that that we can just treat them badly or neglect them and we will still get their mercy. Now many times I think devotees may not even be aware that they are actually not they're not treating their deities properly. Because they're not aware of what is required in deity worship. They have some kind of sahaja idea that the deities are just, you know, the, whatever I like to do for them, then the deities are happy. So, uh, and at least if given, at least everything should be kept very clean. <coughs> Fresh flowers every day. Krishna is very fond of flowers. Um, one point is that we can also do worship to the picture form of the Lord, who does not require. In the picture form, is it's not required that we do puja. Although puja may also be done. Um, there are many families in India, now they lost their culture, but many families who, who worshipped a picture form of the Lord over many generations is the main deity in their home. So in, in that form the worship can be very simple if we keep pictures. Uh, actually Prabhupada's, uh, you, you, I'll tell you what Prabhupada's standard was for deity worship and you'll be shocked. You won't, maybe you'll be shocked, you should be. <clears throat> in, in Prabhupada's standard was that in preaching centers there could be what was called a Guru Goranga altar. That means there would be pictures of the Parampara Acharyas and the big picture of the Panchatapa. That was the worship in many ISKCON centers. And to worship the, in the Guru Goranga altar in a preaching center it was allowed that one not be a Brahmin, but at least one should have Harinam, first initiation. Then in a more established temple where specifically Iskon should have their own property, shouldn't be in a rented house, then they could have Gornitai deities. If there was a Brahmanas to worship. And after some years of, or some time of Gornitai being worshipped, then Radha Krishna could be established. And Prabhupada wrote that deity should not be established in a temple unless there are twelve initiated brahmanas present there. Minimum. Because brahmanas are required for uh, worship and for cooking. This is the actual standard. Unfortunately, uh, there hasn't been much endeavor to maintain this standard in Iskana after Prabhupada left. But uh, we should take this very seriously. So we want that there be a deity worship in every home, but devotees should come up to the proper standard. Another thing is that um, when householders were living close to an established temple, then Prabhupada said that they should, they do home deity worship, they should just come to the temple and serve the deities in the temple. There are many points. 
even some very basic points about uh, deity worship. I see many devotees, they don't know, even though they may have been worshipping deities for years. For instance, they blow the conch, pour water, and then put the conch vertically on the pot with clean water. Which means that any drops of water which uh, which are which have touched the the where the mouth is touched that will fall again into that water which is meant for cleaning or for purifying the conch and contaminating it. So it should be rested horizontally, and then again purified before being blown again. Or again, sometimes you see devotees they uh, blow the conch with their right hand then put it in their left hand and pick up the water for cleaning with their right hand. Their right hand is already uh, contaminated from blowing the conch, so when they touch the water, which is supposed to clean it, they again contaminate the whole water. You may not understand these points. If, if, if you're brought up in Brahminical culture, then it's a very natural, normal thing. It's just... Uh, people don't need to be told. Unfortunately, we've been brought up in uh, lecture lack of culture, and even if we're told, we don't understand. Now in Russia, it seems that many devotees, they got the point that after offering, you don't place the item back on the plate. But they don't understand why, which is obvious when they, after offering the conch with the water, they they put it back on the stand on the plate and then lift up the stand and the conch and put it off the plate. But as soon as you touch it to the stand on the plate, even if it's just for a moment to pick them both up together, then the, then the whole point of taking it off is, is spoiled. The point is that we shouldn't mix up offered and unoffered items on the same plate. То есть смысл в том, что нельзя смешивать предложенные и непредложенные предметы. Those items uh, they purify us because they are Krishna's prasanna. That's why we touch our hands over the flame or we the water. Which has been offered to Krishna, we throw on our heads. Mm. But from Krishna's point of view, that's already been offered to him, and so we sh- it shouldn't be it shouldn't be touched to anything which is not offered or not even put on the plate. With that, which is offered on the plate. Yeah, the, uh, offered items shouldn't yeah. be touched to the plate. That's the whole. That's the reason they take yeah. they put off the plate. But if you touch it onto the stand and then take it off, yeah. then you miss the it's the whole thing is I've I've got many details I've written here. I don't know how much we should get into them all. Um, just like we should when we're worshipping the deities we should be dressed in devotional clothes with tilak. Not that we come home from work and then in our kami clothes we we just rush on the altar and uh, without taking a bath we, we do some kind of offering and then eat something that's not acceptable. Mm. Here I've written something about the peacock fan. Oh. And so in Hari Bhakti Vilasa state it should be offered from Shivratri to Kartik Purnima, in other words, during the hot season, which is because the peacock fan is for cool. So sometimes devotees follow that very rigidly. As soon as Shivratri comes, they immediately start 
of her in the front, even if it's snowing outside, mm-hmm. which it will be in Russia, because Shivratri usually comes in February. Mm-hmm. Whereas in India, at the end of February, it's already, the wind is over, it's hot again. Mm-hmm. In most of India. You see all the bodies dressed up in chadas and they're fanning the beauty. <laughs> And that's another point. Sometimes you see the devotees are all dressed up in chadas and the deities have just got light clothes. We have to think how we have to keep them warm also. In Rajasthan in the winter it's so cold that famous deities there, Srinath, they cover up his whole body except his eyes, his nose and his mouth. They dress him so, so warm. And different kinds of oils are offered as different seasons. Some are very some like chandan oil is, is very cooling, so that's suitable for the summer. Chandan kaskura is suitable for summer. And then for winter, hina is very heating, that's very good to offer. Letom predlagajot... Hina kaskura. Yeah, but it's... They don't know. But it's good if they should, I mean, at least if they wash being in the temple. One thing I see it's quite common in in, in uh, Eastern Europe and Russia is they offer the incense and then they put it out. I would never understand why why is this <laughs> It's lit because it's for the pleasure of the Lord, and actually, it's uh, it's very nice. It's it's uh, even when not offering arati, there should always be some incense burning for the pleasure of the Lord. I used to see when I joined the temple in London. One of the things I noticed was that every twenty minutes or so, the pujaris would go on the altar and light some more incense. But uh, we light it, offer, and put it out. Maybe we don't like the smell. We like the, we like the smell of uh, fried sausages and onions or something like that. But uh, Krishna likes this. It's meant for his pleasure. The whole point of performing deity worship is so that we can concentrate our service attitude, our whole life, on, on pleasing Krishna, doing everything for his pleasure, offering everything nice to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Thinking how to serve him nicely. Now, Krishna can be served nicely uh, by chanting Hare Krishna and, and preaching Krishna consciousness. But deity worship is uh, that helps us to uh, concentrate on uh, worshiping the form of Krishna, and making personal offerings to him. So it, it, it's meaningless to bring the deity and then worship him according to the way that we want to do. We have to worship him. They were gone the way that he wants to be worshipped, which is described in Shastra. Actually, I've written uh, quite a long essay on this, but it's it's mostly uh, like some of the details which may not apply in each circumstance. So now, now I just spoke some of the general principles. So uh, I think we can go ahead with Arti at the, at the regular time, and then any questions about this we can take uh, tomorrow along with other questions. Mm-hmm.